0: are tuning in to Red Zone Coffee Talk with your host Tim and Zach. And uh, yeah, this is our first episode of Red Zone Coffee Talk. And if you didn't read our description, what you'll find out is Zach and I love, we love many things in the world. But at the top of our list, we probably have two, two of our favorite things mm. our coffee and what's the other thing? Oh, big time sports, boys. Yes, we love sports, especially <laughs> football. So we decided why not combine the two. Uh, where we will drink coffee and talk football. and Actually, we are drinking coffee right now. Uh, I have an Orion uh, white mocha iced.
1: Mm, and I also have an iced latte from Orion with honey, coconut, and cinnamon.
0: Yeah, so if you were expecting us to be men drinking black coffee, you are severely
1: wrong. We do but, advise, though, for the best listening experience for yourself, that you do grab yourself a cup of coffee now. Yes. You,
0: we'll give you a couple seconds here to do that. Yeah. So go ahead and pause yeah. and get we'll, we'll put some intro music. We'll put some interlude music to get coffee. Okay, I think that was enough time for you to get coffee. Um, yeah, so uh, today we're going to be talking football. Um, before we get into uh, some stuff surrounding the draft, because right now, if we talk NFL, we're going to be talking the draft because that's all that's going on. We got uh, a big news. Uh, big news uh, was just new news. Big news. What? What's? What do we call it? I mean, breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, that's a good term. Breaking news. Um, it was reported very recently, uh, Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers, wide receiver there, um, has reported that he wants a trade and he wants out of San Francisco. Uh, lots of different reasonings I've seen from from what I've seen. Some of it spawns from people. He's saying he wants the money. He won't sign the contract. Uh, quoted as saying he wants to be a tr- seen as a true wide receiver. So, Zach, what do you think about this? Uh
1: I, I get in some sense, you know, I think there's an element of pride for himself. He wants to stake uh, this contract on what he views himself as, as a, as a true wide receiver. But when we look at the way he was pr- productive in his career thus far, it's been in this kind of hybrid role. Even you see the way Cordell Patterson revived his career in Atlanta, mm-hmm. this role of playing running back receiver, uh, coming out of the backfield a lot, running reverses. Uh, and that's what Shanahan used him really well as. And so to think that he's going to get – more money as a true wide receiver where he hasn't really been seen in that light, I think is, is he's going to be disappointed.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, when he says he wants to be a true wide receiver, I don't think he means like, Oh, I just want to catch the ball because I mean, he's, he wants the ball in his hands. He is an electrifying player. I mean, the guy, the guy can play football and that that's true. We saw it on the field. I mean that he was all over the field, uh, whether he was running or catching the ball. Um, I think he wants to be seen as someone who can produce, even if it's not in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Um, because the reality is, Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive-minded coach. He has a great game plan, great schemes, and so the fear, maybe that Debo thinks some people see him as, is uh, that he's only good because he's in that scheme. Um, I don't know if that's true. It could. I mean, I think Debo could be good, but. There always is a chance that maybe if he's put into a different scheme, it doesn't work out, um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I, in my opinion, I feel like if you're successful where you're at, um, build that up maybe, and, and and then you know see what you can do. But I think it could be dangerous uh, to go out somewhere, and then you know now what if you, what if you can't do it, you know, and so um, and which obviously he thinks he can, he's gonna bet on himself. But um, in my opinion, I think. Uh, he his best bet right now I think would be to stay with San Fran, even if it was just for another year. I mean, he's under, what, contract for two more years, right? Yeah. So I think stay, you know, and if you want to be seen as a true receiver, then talk to Shanahan. Maybe you can convince him to give you more looks at other positions or, you know, I don't know. I think proving that you're more than just a one-year fluke is a big step into getting a big contract because there have been receivers who have popped off for a year, and then disappeared. I mean, Kelvin Ben. You remember Kelvin Benjamin? Remember the name Kelvin Benjamin? The guy who was what uh, the commentator said like one done it away from being a tight end. Yeah, I mean the man, the massive. He was I'm pretty sure first round pick for the Panthers. He was. I mean, he was one of the top receivers for like two, maybe three years. You know, but then it, he fell off. And so that's not to say that he what those years weren't good. But what it is is that one year doesn't mean that you're now one of the best receivers in the NFL. It's producing consistently over a long period of time. And so if Debo wants to get paid um, and paid as a top receiver, I think he needs to continue to prove he can do it. Um, and even that might just be one more year. Uh, but let's say the Niners do end up trading him. What do you think are some possible or realistic uh, destinations for Debo?
1: Yeah, I think one that we talked about was uh, the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked about how you know, they've already uh, went after Tyree Kill. Yeah. They've showed some pretty obvious interest in DK Metcalf. Uh, and both those deals didn't go through for them. So uh, when you're looking at a guy and Samuel who plays like a Tyreek Hill, um, but it has the age of a DK Metcalf, I think that's a, a great, uh, great package for them.
0: Yeah, that'd be an interesting. It'd be an interesting go because he, I, I mean, I like I like Robert Sala. I think he is a good coach, but I mean, he's only been there one year, and obviously the Jets season was not great. Um, but they're young. Uh, but I think it'd be interesting because I mean, Debo. Is how I guess he has to decide how much is money worth to him because they have the money, that they can pay him, um, but now he's going from you know a team that was just in the NFC Championship, you know, mm-hmm. right this past year who and has very with Kyle Shannon they're probably gonna I mean be up there again in the top of the NFC near near the top to a team that's near right now near the bottom of the AFC right and you know like if you are going there you are I mean I wouldn't expect to go to the Jets and be like yep we're gonna start winning games I mean you're going to, yeah, you might get paid, but you're going to be on a bad team. That's just the reality of it. So deciding what's more important to you right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting But yeah, I see jets, um, as a, a big, uh, big possibility. Um, was as I was thinking about it, um, I thought maybe, maybe the saints, um, in thinking of purely thinking of need, um, they could use someone like that. They could use another receiver. Cause right now behind Michael Thomas, it's, Marquez Calloway and Traquan Smith. And it's slim pickings. So they could use that. I don't know I don't know if they have the cap for that or if they could even pay them. Um, but that that could be a place where I could see them going. Uh, but yeah, I think right now Jets is the uh, top option. Um, so that's all we got for breaking news uh, as we continue to record each week. Uh, we'll probably talk about the big news uh, in the NFL world with contracts or trades, things like that. And we'll give our opinion on it. But for today, our focus... Is the NFL draft coming up here uh, in a little over a week. We got uh, tomorrow will be a week. Um so coming up on the 28th. Uh, I love draft season. Growing up, draft season is always my favorite. I just I don't know why. It's like Christmas. It is, it's it just for so Browns fans. Yeah, for Browns fans, it's great. Yeah. Zach and I are both Browns fans. Um so we'll probably talk about that as we get into the season more. But right now we'll try and be as objective as possible which is easy because when we're talking the draft today we're going to talk through uh some first round mocks um so zach and i both have made a mock draft of the first round uh we're gonna we're gonna talk through kind of our top 10 picks and then uh, after the, after the top 10 we'll kind of run through and just give some quick uh quick comments on uh the from 11 through 32 but we'll go a little more extensive on our top 10 uh but are, we can be objective because the Browns don't even have a pick this year in the first mm-hmm. round because we trade away for uh, Amari which it, or no for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson yeah not Deshaun not Amari Deshaun Watson so which I'm happy about I mean I'll take it so and we did get Amari though but yeah so uh, we'll just get right into it. I mean the first question we have Who's going to be the first overall pick in the NFL draft? You know, Jaguars will be up on the clock. Roger Goodell will open it up. And Jaguars, for the second year in a row, uh, get the first overall pick. it's interesting, this year, I, in my opinion, I don't think there's a clear number one. Um, what do you think? Do you think? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think you talked in the middle of the season, college football season, I think
1: people were probably talking about uh, Kayvon Thibodeau as that yeah. true number one, but as the uh, the draft season has progressed. It's become just a mixed bag of different yeah. guys at the top there.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, in, and it's different. I mean, the drafts like this can happen. But, I mean, for, for the past few drafts, it's been, like, there is a guy that's number I mean, last year, Trevor Lawrence. It was like, he's the number one. If you have the number one pick, that's who you're taking. Uh, Jaguars, that's who they took. Uh, I mean, there was the year, um, what was it, 20, 2018, when the Browns took Baker. I don't think he, I think the number one was Saquon Barkley. In terms right. of prospects, you know. So I think that there are there are every year. There's a, a player usually that's like this guy's the number one. This year though, uh, I think it's up for debate. And actually, Zach and I, we have two different players uh, going for number one. Uh, for me, I think I think the to go Trayvon Walker. Uh, that's that's my pick. Zach, who do you have?
1: Uh, I got Aiden Hutchinson. Tim mm-hmm. and I ended up switching up. Uh, Tim's got Hutchison going two to the Lions, and yeah. I have Walker going. Two to the
0: Lions. Yeah. So so either way, here's what I do know. Between the two of us, the f- we have the first two picks right. I don't, I don't think they do anything else than this. I think that Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson go one and two. It's the order of which that we don't know. Yeah. Um. I, some people might say, well, what about what about Thibodeau? Like, shouldn't he be up there? Well, I don't think he's gonna, gonna go to one. Um. I think that I think they would take. I think teams are looking at right now Hutchinson and Walker. And when it comes to the Lions, sources have said that. The Lions are not high on Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, they Dan Campbell just doesn't like him. Uh, not, I mean, doesn't not say he doesn't like him as a person, but it's just not his guy, is what sources are saying. Um, and you know, with Dan Campbell, that's if it, if you're not his guy, he's not going to pick you. So I don't think he's going to go two. Um, so yeah, I I think it's going to be Trayvon and Aiden going one and two. Um, now, Zach, why do you think Aiden's going to go first uh, as opposed to Trayvon? Yeah, I think Hutchison has
1: showed um, in Michigan. Obviously, we talked about uh, before the podcast. There are a game, big games where he seemed to disappear like a Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, in games like Ohio State, uh, at the end of the season, really, is when uh, his um, quote-unquote Heisman campaign really took off. Uh, and he just kind of pushed around offensive lines that mm-hmm. were, were up there in terms of talent. Big Ten offensive lines tend to be uh, better just because of the way the run game is used. And especially Ohio State's offensive line. And he just asserted his will. Um, I just think uh, for a team like the Jags, um, I know they, ha- they have Josh Allen, um, but it, it, I don't think Josh Allen uh, in, in and of himself is enough to rush the quarterback. Uh, and the way I look at Walker and Hutchison, I think Hutchison definitely is a true uh, edge rusher. which I think Walker uh, is a little bit better at stopping the run, which is something that I think the Jaguars obviously would uh, idealize. But I think Hutchison is just the better overall Player, especially in terms of getting after the quarterback, and I think that's something they need um, in in a defense that used to be uh, or used to pride themselves on the ability to sack the quarterback, uh, but have the past several years have just not been able to mm-hmm. do so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I will admit between the two, even though I picked Trevor Walker, I think at this moment Aiden Hutchinson is the better player. Um, but the reason I went with Walker, and I think Hutchinson right now is a better player. I think that Walker, as opposed to Hutchinson, has a higher ceiling, but also a lower floor. Um, so I think with Hutchinson, I think his ceiling is—I think his ceiling is high, and his and his floor is not as low as some others. I think even if you draft Hutchinson and he's not that good, I still think he can be a starter in this league. Um, Walker. Can be a starter, but I think his his low could be, I mean, maybe draft bust. I don't know. I, 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 I would hate to see that happen. I think that's his low, but I think that this guy, his ceiling is so high because of the sheer athleticism that he offers. I mean, this guy, uh, before the combine, no one was even talking about him. I, mean, I didn't even know the name Trevor Walker. Um, this, he's been flying up draft boards because of his combine performance um, and the athleticism that he offers um you know he uh, if i i remember i read somewhere i don't remember exactly what uh the comment was but that his um he had one of the highest combine uh ratings like athletic ratings since uh like Calvin Johnson you know so he concerning the combine um pure athleticism he Trayvon Walker's got it all now the combine's not everything uh, but i think looking at this pick what the Jaguars are going to do I mean, as of right now, people are saying that the the Jaguars have not made a pick yet. You know, they haven't, they're not decided yet. And part of me makes me, that makes me think they're leaning towards Walker because they're still trying to to figure it out. Um, But I think that if you're the Jaguars um, and you mentioned Josh Allen, you have Josh Allen, you want, you know, Trayvon Walker right now is good at the run. He has all the intangibles and the things that he needs are things you can teach. Um, And you have a great pass rusher like Josh Allen Maybe helping him out, maybe helping train him and becoming you. He could train Walker could turn into an insane, uh, defense, uh, you know, defensive pass rusher. Um, you know, could turn into the same defensive force. So I think I think you take the gamble uh, and go for it. Um, and because also I mean. As the Jaguars right now, you're not in a place where this pick's going to make or break you because you're pretty bad. Like I, I don't think whoever you pick, it's not going to save your season, but maybe you, you take a swing on Walker and he becomes absolutely insane and it's a big save or maybe it's not, but yeah. So that's why I think Walker and, and I agree with everything you said about Hutchinson. That's why I have him going second to the Lions. Cause I think, uh, I think he's great. And also I think he fits in with Dan Campbell uh, I just think he he's a dude, and that's what Dan Campbell would call him. And I think I could very much see him thriving in that atmosphere, staying in you know Michigan, uh, you know homebody. Like I think it could be really good. Um, so yeah, I think that between the two of us, we've got the first two picks right. Starting with pick three, we go to the Texans. Zach and I defer here. I think, in my opinion, I think the Texans are gonna go uh, tackle Aquanu. Uh, um, out of South Carolina? Is that yeah, NC State? NC State, NC State. Eki Ekuano out of NC State, not good with colleges. But yeah, that's what I said. Uh, and Zach here thinks third pick will be Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. So, Zach, what's your reasoning uh, for Kayvon?
1: Yeah, I think uh, in the same way the Jags can't save their season with a pick, I, I don't think the Texans have yeah. any chance of doing so. Um, they're clearly invested in a long-term rebuild. Uh, and I, Now they've officially moved on from Deshaun Watson. You have a quarterback in Davis Mills who I, I do think on their offensive line, they definitely need help. Um, but they have Laramie Tunsil left tackle, uh, who will be there, I think, for a while. Uh, and then at right tackle, definitely there's a hole. But I don't think their offensive line is as big of an issue as that defense, uh, especially with the new head coach being Lovey Smith, who was their defensive coordinator. Hmm. Uh, I think he's going to look at this defense and see that uh, since they lost J.J. Watt, uh, they just have not uh, had any ability to get after the quarterback. Uh, and In a division where you have Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be um, you know, only getting better, uh, we have Matt Ryan, who is slow uh, and is not going to be able to escape the pocket much. Uh, and you have Ryan Tannehill, who is a little bit more quick, but is getting older. Yeah. Um, you're trying to set yourself up for the future. Uh, and I think you got to prey on uh, the weaknesses of your vision. And I think to have a guy like Thibodeau, who some questions have been um, his motor. Like, he doesn't necessarily give 100% of the effort on every play. Um, but what was so beloved about him throughout this process has been his physical ability. Uh, and when he does turn on that motor, just how dominant he is. And mm-hmm. so I think... If you're looking at a guy like Thibodeau who could turn into one of the top edge rushers in the league, if you can harness that, I think it would be hard to pass up.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot about Thibodeau to like, and I think I very well could see him going number three. I think the reason I went with uh, O-line here uh, and went with Iki Kwanu, is I think in a similar manner, he is just a, I mean, a major athletic prospect. He bullies people on the O-line. Uh, and I've done a little research and he, part of that is he has a background in wrestling. So he's good with like just his, uh, oh, like just knowing how to manhandle people pretty much on the line. I mean, and it's, it's amazing to watch. Um, but I think what, part of the reason I put O line here instead of Thibodeau is thinking about draft night and thinking about some, I think draft narratives, i reminded, you mentioned Laramie Tunsil, and I was reminded of, you remember when Laramie Tunsil got drafted? And he oh. was projected number one. Like, they're like, this guy is going to be number one. And he fell all the way to what, the Dolphins at 13, was it? Mm-hmm. 12 or 13? Somewhere in there. Yeah. And on draft night, um, because there were some questions or thoughts maybe about character, uh, like, it was kind of a weird situation, it was surprising everyone. And what I see with Thibodeau, I, now I'm a, I'm a Duck fan. I love Thibodeau. I want him to be amazing. But sometimes I see a narrative on draft night and just with drafts is when if someone, ha- if people have questions about character, they don't take them. And so I'm, I am predicting a little bit of a slide for Thibodeau on that. And then instead of going that, I think Texans bolster the O-line, protect Davis Mills a little bit. Um, maybe get a run game going. I mean, with the signing of Marlon Mack, maybe they are trying to they can try to get a little bit of a run game going um, and build that up. And, you know, they're not going to win any Super Bowls, probably not going to make the playoffs, but they can still be competitive. I mean, Davis Mills showed he can play football. And they still got, they re-signed Brandon Cooks. They've got a, a good young guy in Nico Collins. I think that bolstering that O-line, I think it could uh, make for some fun football. So, all right, moving on to pick four, we have the Jets. Uh, Zach and I both agree here. Sauce Gardner going number four to the Jets. Um, I love Sauce Gardner. I think he's great. I think he's Tim's great. getting lost in the I, sauce. There, I am I am, I will say I am lost in the sauce. Um Ahmad Gardner, I think he's gonna be really good. Um what are your what do you think about Ahmad, Zach?
1: Yeah, I think uh the conversation has been between him and Derek Stingley mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. Unfortunately for Stingley, uh he missed I think most most, if not all, of the season last year. And so I think if he had played, I think this would be a different conversation uh he's still in the conversation for corner number one but um when you have a guy like Gardner who has put on tape uh, I don't believe he allowed a single touchdown last year Mm -hmm. uh and allowed very few like catches so um that even though he played at Cincinnati they you know they still played quality competition they still played Notre Dame uh they played Bama yes they lost but he still played well and so um I don't think you can question the competition level because he, he absolutely balled out even in those situations.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've seen some pro comparisons of Gardner to Richard Sherman, um, which is obviously a flattering comparison because Richard Sherman is one of the greatest corners we've seen. Um, but um, I, I see a lot of that in him. Uh, Ahmad Gardner, he is a, plays a lot of face-up defense, and I mean, he is tight on guys, Which, I mean, sometimes means you can get burnt. He didn't get burnt often. Um, I mean, when you get to the NFL, you're playing at a different level. So, obviously, that's going to change things. But I think that that kind of a tenacity in defending, I think, is going to benefit him well.
1: Yeah, I think you look at the Jets, too, with a a team that truly does not have any depth at corner. I think their number one corner now um, is Bryce Hall, who's a second-year player. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he is not a number one corner. And you're in a league now where uh, receivers are becoming commodity who are getting paid a lot of money. Uh, and for you to not have a corner who can cover those top guys in a yeah. league that is shifting in that direction, uh, yeah. it's a pretty big weakness for them. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, they're in a division now that has uh, some good receivers. I mean, you got you got Stephon Diggs over there. Um, you got Tyreek Hill. Oh, and Nelson um, Aguilar. Yeah, let's not forget yeah, not about Nelson Aguilar and Kiki Kuti. Uh Yeah, so, I mean, Patriots maybe not as much on the receiver end. But, I mean, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis is a big guy, Tyreek Hill – uh, Jalen Waddle, like you got some solid receivers. If you can't defend the pass in that uh, in that division, you're not even gonna have a chance. Now, I don't think the Jets are gonna do much anyway. But get a young guy like this in these few years through a rebuild that bolsters your uh, pass defense, that could be a, a big help. Uh, we go pick number five: the New York Giants on the clock. Uh, Zach and I both here went O line. We agree with O line. Uh, Zach here went Icky Aquanu, um, and I said Evan Neal. Uh, so we both, I mean, we both recognize we think Icky, I think, is the best O lineman in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in my mock, he's already gone. So I went with who I think is the next best with Evan Neal from Alabama. Uh, you think Icky Aquanu. So I guess the question is why. Why O-line here for the Giants, as opposed to anything else?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Giants, luckily for them, they have uh, picks five and seven, so there's not necessarily... If <laughs> I think if they just had one pick in the top ten, maybe a different conversation, but yeah. for a team that uh, has struggled at O-line for a long time, uh, Andrew Thomas in year two is definitely a lot better. Uh, but at right tackle, they don't really have it figured out. Uh, they're in a, a pretty critical year where you have Saquon Barkley coming up in a contract year. And he has not been healthy. And when he has been healthy, probably has not been the most productive because of the line. Mm-hmm. And you have Daniel Jones, who seems to be in a make-or-break year as well. Yeah. Um, with a new head coach. And I think as a new head coach, you want to see if you have corner pieces at quarterback and running back. Uh, and if you do... Uh, you're not going to be able to find that out without uh, having an O-line that is protecting the quarterback and making space for the running back to get loose.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that O-line here is the wise pick. I mean, I, Daniel Jones, that could be a whole other conversation of do you think Daniel Jones has what it takes? I like Daniel Jones, um, and it's hard. I there, are, There's a lot to judge him on. But a lot of times it's hard to judge when you don't have a an no line, and the Giants have not had no line for a long time. They have been trying to fix it for a long time. They just has been uh, a good uh, any good fit. So I think, uh, yeah, taking a line here. We talked about Icky. I think Evan Neal, um, Evan Neal is a great prospect. I mean, he's from Alabama. Uh, he's a good lineman. I think three year starter there. Uh, so he's got that Alabama pedigree, which always helps. Um, there are some I, I saw some, some questions at times maybe about drive or motivation, um, but you know I I don't know I think at times you with when you have a need so big you you got to take it and I, I don't and the, those those worries have been few and far between so I think Evan Neal uh, or Ikey Iquano if he's still there I think the Giants are going to go O line uh, at pick number five. Um, looking at pick six we got the Carolina Panthers. Um, now Zach and I had very differing, uh, opinions here. Um, Zach, uh, you're thinking O-line here for the Panthers. Um, and for you, Evan Neal is still available. So you aren't there. I, I went with Malik. Uh, I think the Panthers are going to go with Malik Willis. Now, Zach, why, why, explain why you decided O line here instead of uh, anything else.
1: Yeah, I I, I think uh, in my mind uh, right now with the Baker Mayfield situation, uh, it reports have come out. It's really it's between Seattle and Carolina if Baker is to get traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like Carolina uh, will be a potential destination during draft week. And so obviously this will if they don't trade for Baker, I would say they will take Malik Willis. Uh, but I think if they get Baker uh, and then also have the opportunity to take best available maybe not best available but best available and most important need mm-hmm. for them at 6 they're going to be a better team for that as opposed to not trading for Baker, drafting a rookie quarterback and not being able to draft another player as well. So, uh and again, the Panthers don't they don't pick again till round 4. So, I look at an offensive line that um has been very loosely invested in. Um they have signed uh Cam Irving to play tackle, who he is not a tackle and he is a not a starter in this league. Uh, They drafted Brady Christensen, I think, in round three last year, who struggled to catch on last year and is certainly not the guy you want protecting your quarterback. So I think if you have an opportunity to take Evan Neal, who is certainly a top 10 talent, to protect Baker, who we know needs protecting uh, to be able to perform well. Uh, And then let's say Baker's not the guy. You now have a corner piece in place to where if you draft a rookie next year, you're going into year two with Mm -hmm. a top tackle to protect whatever rookie quarterback you get with probably a new coaching staff too, given that Matt Rule's leash is pretty short.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see, uh, where you're coming from that. I I think it could be a real possibility. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Panthers have been and O-line has been something they've been seeking to address. They still have Taylor Moten. Um, you brought in Cam Irving. They signed Austin Corbett, uh, to come play for them. Uh, so they, they've made some big signings, uh, in terms of O-line, um, trying to improve that. Um, so for me, the reason I went Malik Willis here um, is I, I just think I think there it's it's kind of a gamble. Uh, do I think Malik Willis is going to be the best quarterback in the NFL? No. Uh, is there a chance that he is a bust? Yes, I I, I see all that. I think they take Malik um, because I think looking at you mentioned Matt Rule having a short leash and just, like, this is kind of a make or break year, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm siding with uh, they don't trade for Baker, and what they do is to try and garner some fan support, uh, try and, like, make excitement as they go, and they get a rookie quarterback who has been very exciting to watch and has a lot of upside, possibly, um, and then they go with that, and, you know, the reality, I think, with Matt Rule, and i mean as and as a gm i mean i I, the gm's job is safe i think um so i think what you have to decide is okay do looking at you know do i think baker can be the guy and if we don't take a quarterback here do i think that the quarterback's coming up do one of them it catches my eye um If not, then I think you take a swing on Malik and then, you know, because the reality is for Matt to keep Matt Rule around, I think if Matt Rule doesn't make the playoffs, I mean, he's not keeping his job. I think, like you said, short leash. Don't think there's much he can do right now. Um, So I think they take a swing on Malik and then maybe hopefully build something around him uh, and help him develop into the quarterback that most people hope he will be. So yeah, it'll be an interesting spot number six. Um, I also think if they take Malik... Um, we didn't really look at trades in this mock. I think if if Malik Willis is taken at, by the Panthers at six, I think we're gonna see a significant number of trade-ups in for teams to get their quarterbacks. I think teams are looking at specific quarterbacks like Kenny Pickett, uh Desmond Ritter, maybe Matt Corral. Um looking at them, and they're they're not planning, they're hoping that people don't pick them because they want to pick them, but they don't want to have to trade up for him. But if Malik Willis gets taken high, I think you could see a run of, okay, well, now I got to make sure I get my guy, you know, um, moving up, um, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I think we could see that happening uh, at number six. It's going to be an interesting interesting time there and could be very uh, impactful on the rest of the draft. Um, all right, looking at number seven, we have the Giants again coming back in. Do um, you think there's any chance they trade one of those two? I think it depends on, on what the you know if it is for a quarterback, I think they
1: can demand some pretty good capital the team's trying to move up for a quarterback there. but I think if they see someone that they view as um, pivotal for their franchise, I think they're gonna they're gonna sit and stay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for you you think yeah, Zach here has Derek Stingley uh, going that. do you see Derek Stingley as that pivotal. Pivotal position is that pivotal person.
1: Yeah, and you know, I see you have Thibodeau going mm-hmm. there, and I, and I think if Thibodeau were available here, I would have them taking him, but mm-hmm. my mock, I have him going yeah. earlier, and they've already addressed that needed a line. Um, and so, in my mind, uh, going Stingley, uh, they have James Bradbury, who is uh, a top corner in this league. Uh, had a little bit of an off year last year, but has proven to be a top 10 corner. But rumor is that they might end up just cutting him, uh, let alone mm-hmm. trading him, and so... I think to look at Derek Stingley, who, again, is up for conversation, is corner number one in this draft, uh, to get him. Maybe you keep Bradbury for another year, and then Stingley can learn and develop as corner two, um, but then eventually take the reins there. Because, again, as we've talked about, uh, this is a league that if you don't have uh, the secondary to keep up with the receivers, uh, you're going to get burned. Uh, and in an NFC where um, there's been a lot of power shift over to the AFC Uh, you have to be prepared in the NFC to build for uh, a a future uh, Mm -hmm. because um, it's wide open uh, considering that the top two quarterbacks in your conference are both uh, probably a couple years away from retirement.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that there could be um, some... I see that there too. Uh, Yeah, like I said, you have Thibodeau going earlier, so I think if he's still around, they take him. And I I think either one of these picks I think is good. I think bolstering that defense. Uh, It was a defense that I think surprised some people last year they played pretty well um especially they garnered a pretty good pass rush with leonard williams and um oh i can't think of his name the d tackle from clemson Uh, oh uh
1: lawrence dexter lawrence dexter
0: lawrence yeah dexter lawrence leonard williams they generated a pretty good pass rush so i think taking what they have and pairing that with thibodeau who i mean is a monster athlete could could be a really scary sight for some offensive line uh coming up so Yeah. All right. We go to uh, pick number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Zach and I agree on this. We think the answer is Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of the Ohio State University. Um, I mean, I in my I think we both do, but uh, Garrett Wilson, I think we both agree, is the top receiver in this draft. Mm -hmm. Um, Some might say Jameson Williams. I don't agree with that. I think Garrett Wilson uh, has the most upside of all of them, and I think. a lot of the receivers in this draft, from from what I see, they're all good at something. You know, you have Olave has great route running, pretty speedy. London is just massive. You know, guys, they have a lot of talents. Wilson, I don't think he is the best in any one area, but I think he is might be the second best in, at, in every area. So like, he is good at everything. Um, you know, there's not just like one thing he excels at and then others he's not. I think Wilson is good at everything and be, be molded or become any type of receiver you want him to be. Um, what do you what What more do you think uh, about Garrett Wilson? Yeah,
1: I think this is a good fit for them. Uh, I mean, you look at the, their wide receiver room over the years has taken hits. They lost obviously they traded Julio, uh, which seemed to work out pretty well for them, given he is uh, kind of falling off. And Calvin Ridley is going on year number two of not playing last year because of some mental health issues, and this year because of a suspension. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not getting younger. He's twenty seven right now. He'll be twenty eight when he finally plays. So. Uh, their wide receiver room is just empty. Uh, there's not a single guy in their room that I don't, I don't even think would be wide receiver three on another team. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to get a weapon, uh, especially if you're thinking through Mariota being a bridge quarterback to your next franchise quarterback. You have to have uh, pieces in place for that rookie to be able to thrive. And apart from – you have Kyle Pitts, but you need another weapon like
0: Garrett Wilson in order to make that yeah. happen. Do you think there's any chance the uh, Falcons go quarterback – at this pick? I think if there's a quarterback that they were in love with, uh, I don't think it would be
1: Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral. I think Willis is the obvious top quarterback. Uh, in my mock, he's still available, but I think if you were to put him in that offense with the lack of weapons there, uh, and even how bad that team is apart from weapons defensively and on the O line, uh, I think that would not pan out well for them because I think you're looking at that team being pretty. Uh, bad until at least year three of that rookie contract and at that point you're looking at an extension
0: yeah yeah I, I agree yeah I think receiver here's the right move um I think it'll help your team right now Mariota gives Mariota another target and so that they can you know maybe maybe go 500 maybe uh probably not but you know it's gonna be Atlanta fans you got you got a little bit of a while before you're gonna be winning any games I hate to break it to you uh, but, yeah, but you get, a, you get a young rookie receiver who's going to be really good and a lot of fun to watch. Uh, sweet. So we got pick number 10. We are to the Seahawks. Or not pick number 10, pick number 9. Um, and finally, after the waiting for eight picks, Zach has Malik Willis flying off the boards to the Seahawks. Um, and I have Derek Stanley Jr. going there because uh, I think he's just right now the best available there. Um, and I think, I think they could use some corner help. Um, and I mean, yeah. Ever since ever since the loss of Legion of Boom, the the quarter position in in Seattle um, has been kind of hasn't hasn't been the greatest. So I think Derek Stinley could fit in right there. And as much as um, as much as uh, the Seahawks say, oh, we're not rebuilding. You know, Pete Carroll says, no, we're not in a rebuild mode. Like we're still competing. I think at some point they're gonna have to face the facts. And recognize you don't have a quarterback. Uh, you traded away Russell Wilson understandable, um, if he wanted to leave, but Geno Smith or Drew Locke are not franchise quarterbacks. You're not going to compete with one of them at quarterback. Um, So I think you need to recognize you are in a rebuild, and so because of that, uh, I think taking Stingley here is wise uh, to, uh, yeah, just help build that and bolster a defense that was pretty poor at times this past season. Uh, Zach, why do you think Willis goes uh, all the way to uh, Washington, uh, Seattle?
1: Um, I think with Pete Carroll, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know why he's still coaching for the Seahawks. I think at this Ooh. point uh, it's become clear that um, – I mean, I think issues with Wilson um, came down to a philosophy disagreement between uh, Russell and Carroll. And a lot of the time it was because Pete Carroll wants to be a running team when they're not built for that either on the line in the running back room. So I think, I, I when I think he says they're not in a rebuild, I think he is in denial of the fact mm-hmm. that their roster is not outfitted to be mm-hmm. what it was. Uh, yeah. And so I think for him, he sees a guy like Malik Willis who probably reminds him a lot of Russ. Um, in the scrambling ability uh, and the rocking arm, I think he, uh, if he falls there at nine, I think he would definitely take him. I don't necessarily think it's the best pick because you're looking again at an NFC conference that is old. And so I think Man, to, to build a team before getting the quarterback would be helpful, uh, especially in your division where you're looking at you are the fourth best team uh, be- behind Arizona, um, Los Angeles, and uh, San Francisco. And those three teams are playoff teams. So to think that uh, the quarterback is going to make all the difference in the world, is not. It didn't last year. Uh, it hasn't in several years for them, even ha- with having Russ there are just a lot more holes than that team. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Pete Carroll seems to care because they haven't been addressing those needs in the past anyway. So that's kind of my thought there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think if he was still available um in my mock, I could I could see it happening. Especially if they don't, you know, if they don't trade for Baker, um, which a lot of people are saying it's not gonna happen. Um but yeah, I think it's very possible. Uh all right, pick number ten. The New York Jets second pick in the top ten. We got. It's kind of crazy that you have uh, two teams with multiple picks in the top ten. You have the the Giants and the Jets, both teams from New York too. Would you? Can you believe it? The Big Apple, man. New York, the Big Apple has four top ten NFL picks. So it's a, it's a
1: shame that the draft isn't still new. Yeah, Music City Hall. Yeah, I York. hate,
0: but it's just, it just goes to show that New York isn't good at football. No. Hate to break it to you. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> You're having a rough time, but maybe you'll change around. So uh, here, uh, Zach and I we went different directions. Zach th- said, uh, "Just gonna go with Drake London, receiver out of USC." I said, "Charles Cross, uh, offensive tackle out of Mississippi State." So, Zach, why? So here's two questions for you: Why London? And do you – you have gone getting pictured, but do you, is London, do you think, the second best receiver in this draft? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I go London here. I go
1: wide receiver in general here. Uh, I've I interacted with some Jets fans on Twitter. Of course, the, the place
0: where all intellectuals go to Amen. reside. Yeah. You know that's where all the real Jets that's right, are.
1: That's right. That's uh, and, right. And, and kind of I, I, before having these conversations, was definitely on the side of uh, Jets should go offensive line. Uh, you have Mikai Becton who I think is going into year three, uh, and he's been proven to be, he's, he's a franchise piece. And a right tackle, I assume that they were pretty weak uh, because I know George Vance, the right tackle, and in my mind, has not been phenomenal. But Judge fans were pretty aggressive in saying that he was he pretty good, and uh, if you value pro football focus at all, George Fant did have a pretty good uh, pass block grade, and so um, I still think offensive line is a viable selection there, uh, but when I look at that wide receiver room, Corey Davis is their number one, uh, who couldn't stay healthy last year and really, I don't think, is a number one receiver. Uh, and you have Elijah Moore, who's a slot guy. And even with Davis, he's certainly not the big body guy who's going to go up and, and get those jump balls. Mm. When you look at London, I believe he's 6'5", and he's not very fast. In fact, he's not even going to run the 40-yard dash before the draft, which to me is a red flag. But they don't need a guy who's a burner. Uh, I think they need a guy who can be a security blanket for Zach Wilson who has the ability to get it down the field but doesn't have a guy who can go up and get it and so I think to give him a big body target like London who may not be the fastest, may not burn people all the time, but to have him as a red zone threat, I think would be pretty
0: helpful for that offense yeah yeah, I could see that i think uh I think London could be good there do you have do you do you rate London as oh, the right, second right. best receiver in this draft or? um I think
1: I think on a pure talent perspective, I think Olave or Jameson Williams are better. I don't think the Jets would take Jameson Williams given the the injury that he's coming off of. Uh, and I don't think they would take Olave because I don't think Olave is going to get taken this side anyway. But uh, I think Olave uh, probably shares more similarities with Corey Davis uh, than uh, Drake London does. So I think for the sake of diversity and maybe fitting a need there in the receiver room, London would go. Yeah.
0: I could see that, yeah. I, I think Drake London's going to be a good receiver. Um, I know early on in the draft process, I was hoping that the Browns would get him, uh, that he would fall to us. Uh, so now, obviously, we don't even have a first round pick, and we have a Mark Cooper, so it's okay. But I can see that. I I hear I went Charles Cross uh, O line here, and you even mentioned O line is a need, and you know George Fant. Yeah, I, I he has a good grade. Um, I mean, grades only mean so much sometimes. And George Fant, I think. He's kind of old, uh, but a big reason I went cross here, I mean, I think he's the next best O-lineman left, but also um, everyone that talks about cross and all the uh, the the, pro- the scouting reports on him is that he is the best pass-blocking offensive lineman in this draft. Um, his run blocking is solid, and I think he could grow that, but pass blocking is great, and I think that could be a good thing and do a lot for a team that's probably going to be playing from behind a lot and gonna to have to be doing a lot of passing. Um, so I mean, and you got man a guy that needs protecting and Zach Wilson that you hope is your franchise quarterback. I think adding the best pass protecting o lineman uh, to bolster that o line uh, could be big. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you still go Charles Cross here, um, but I could see Drake London. Um, I could see uh, yeah any receiver. So yeah, that's the top ten. Uh, of Zach and I's mock drafts, I mean, I think, whether we're right or not, I think the reality of this NFL draft and this top ten is it's going to be filled with defensive edge, uh, O-linemen, and receivers. Yep. And then probably a cornerback in there and maybe a quarterback. Maybe. Um, I think it's very highly plausible. Mm -hmm. But you're going to see a lot of O-line and a lot of DNs going in that top ten. Uh, so we're gonna run through uh, picks uh, 11 through 32. Zach, why don't you uh, read off who you got for uh, your 11 through uh, 32, and then I'll make some just make some comments, uh, and we'll yeah see what we think. Yeah, I might make
1: some some quick-hitted highlights here, uh, mm-hmm. just because I think the, the problem with 11 through 32 is I think once you get past the top 10, the obviously the. I think there becomes a lot more discussion for who is going to go. Yeah. Um, And so the rest of my mock draft, uh, there's, I think you commented, eight receivers I have going. Yeah. So I already had Garrett Wilson going, Drake London going. Uh, I'll highlight here uh, at pick – I know these are like one off. I think at pick 18, I have the Eagles taking Chris Olave Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, because I think you got Devonta Smith – and to have a – good who's a speedster and to have a Lave as a route runner would be helpful. But anyway, Jameson Williams going to the Saints. Uh, Traylon Burks going to the Packers. I uh, have Jahan Dotson going to New England. Uh, I think just to get the ball in uh, his slot guy and with Mac Jones not necessarily having a deep arm to get the ball into someone's hands who could make plays helpful. George Pickens going to Tennessee. Uh, and then um, John the third. Who I don't think is maybe a true first rounder, but I think the Chiefs are gonna take a receiver uh, at pick third, at uh, pick uh, twenty nine, and I think to get a guy who maybe matches a Tyreek Hill speed would be helpful. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's where I went with receiver picks, uh, and you can kind of jump on and
0: yeah, I, I mean I think there's gonna be a lot of receivers taken. I, I don't think will get taken. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know about and I don't know about Pickens. I don't. Those are the two that I. I I would say I don't know. I think they could. I don't think they will, but they could. Uh, but the other ones. I think Burks. I think Burks, Williams, Olave, uh, Dotson, London, and Wilson all go in the first round. Um. Yeah. Now, concerning some of these receivers, um, Jameson Williams. It is a name that I think is on a lot of people's draft boards. He is. I mean, this year in college football for Alabama, he. Showed out and he was a great receiver. And sadly, you know, the injury in that was in the, the championship game, right? I think it, the, that it might have been the semifinal. Yeah. But, you know, trying to win a championship gets injured and it's a bad, bad injury. You know, not not great to do, I believe, I mean, tearing his ACL, correct? Yeah. So it's not a great injury, nor one that's fun to come back from. Um, do you think Jameson Williams is going to be as good as advertised? Um, I think it depends on
1: the team that picks him. Uh, I think. There's there's quite the contrast in receivers in the past. I mean, Jamison, his his top ability is his speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's why he gets picked. Obviously, he's more than that. But I think in one sense, the ideal uh, model is a Tyree Kill who has absolutely dominated uh, at what he does. But then you look at guys like uh, Henry Ruggs, and obviously there's an off-the-field issue. But even before that, uh, Henry Ruggs really didn't seem to catch on uh, in that with that speed ability in the offense that he was in. Not to say he didn't have the talent, but I just don't think it was utilized. Yeah. And so I think for a team that um, drafts him, I think it needs to be a team that knows how to use that position, like a Tyreek Hill where you're spreading him across the field and not just assuming he's going to run all the routes yeah. that he
0: wanted to run. Yeah. I think you can even say John Ross is another version of that, yeah. you know, where guy with great speed but just never panned out. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I the injury worries me. I mean, that's not a good injury to come back from. Um, and you mentioned, I mean, his calling card is his speed. But there's a high percent chance that coming back from this injury, he's still going to be fast. I mean, he's a young guy, rookie, and he's an NFL receiver. He's going to be fast. But will he be as fast? Um, or will, you know, there be some hiccups? Uh, I think I think he's going to be a solid receiver. Um I think, based on your mock, and I, I think if I was a team, you know, you have him going 19. I mean, and you have him going before Dotson and Burks um, and Pickens and Mechie. I think I would take him before Pickens and Mechie. I don't know if I'd take him before J- Dotson. Uh, I think I'd take Dotson over him. I like just Dotson's athletic ability. Um, and he's just, I think, fun to watch. I might take him before Burks. Burks has some, there's just been different, uh, some different uh call uh catches on burks that people have called out. I don't know. There's just different things that uh could prove prove worrisome. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where he falls and see. Yeah, I think the offense that he lands in will be a big, big thing. Um another thing I think is interesting looking at uh your mock draft you have so you like you said you have Chiefs going John Mechie at 29 and they also have pick 30 and you have them taking a David o- o- ojabo. From uh, it was Ojabo, Ojabo. I think it's Ojabo. Ojabo. I thought we're, so. we're white Americans. Yeah, we are white Americans, so we're not. I'm not great with names, but uh, from Michigan, uh, you think so? You think he's still going to be a first
1: rounder? I do, and I think some of that. Uh, I think it really depends on the team. Uh, I had thought about sliding him to the Bills at 25. Okay. Um, but uh, I think with Ojabo, he clearly. I think before the injury, I think he's a top 20 pick. Uh, I don't. I think the athleticism he displays, the speed that he has. Obviously, he played alongside Hutchison, so I don't think you can expect him to carry the full load of being your top pass rusher. But for a team like the Chiefs, who um, I think edge rusher is in need, in- and they're a good team. So I don't think – you look at the other talent available at this point. Uh, you have George Carlafis Car- yeah. from Purdue, who obviously is talented, but he is more of a bigger bull bull rush type of guy, and that's not really the defense that they – or the, the edge rush prototype that they would be mm-hmm. looking for. The, I think with Ojabo, he's not going to be there for training camp uh, with the injury. Um, but I think he'll be back within uh, the first half of the season. Yeah. I think for the team like the Chiefs, we saw they started off slow last year. And they picked up in the second half. Obviously, they're in a vision where it's going to be more competitive now. But uh, if you can get a talent like Ojabo at pick 30 uh, and have him back uh, for that stretch of the season where uh, you're best in heading into the playoffs... I think you're going to be thankful for it
0: later. Yeah. I I think the... I mean, it's horrible. Ojawa's injury is so sad. Because, I mean, the guy was projected, I mean, top 15 in early mocks. I mean, he's great player. And I think he's going to be good. And so I think the reason he's falling is not because teams don't think he's good. But because teams that are picking, you know, top 15, they're not really in a place where they can pick and wait for a year. You know? Right. Um, they need a guy that can contribute. Now, the Chiefs, you know, they... If he can't contribute as much this year, I mean, you're going to get a guy who could possibly – you could be getting a top 10 talent at pick 30, um, which would be an amazing steal for the Chiefs. So I think that could work. Um, I think no matter where he goes, even if he falls into later rounds, he's going to be a steal because he – if he can contribute this year, it'll be he'll be good, I think. And I think he's going to develop into a really good talent. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, another interesting pick. Um, and then the other thing I think we need to mention, I mean, quarterbacks, I mean, the big question – of this first round of the NFL draft is quarterbacks. Um, how many are going to be taken? Who's going to be taken? And it's funny looking at mock drafts uh, across uh, like ESPN, NFL.com, like looking a lot of experts. Some of them have said, "I think like no quarterbacks," or maybe like one or two. I've seen some mock drafts where like five get taken. So I don't think anyone really knows uh, who all is going to be taken. And yours. You have three. So we talked about Malik going to the Seahawks. Then you also have – you have Kenny Pickett uh, going 16 to the Saints. And then Matt Corral going number 20 to the Steelers. Uh, so we'll talk. We'll start with Pickett. Uh, you think Saints are going to go Pickett even though – even with the resigning of Jameson Winston?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think – it'd be one thing I think if the Saints uh, still had that first-round pick, like that lone first-round pick. But they gave up a lot to get one of those picks from Philadelphia. Okay. And in the past – the I think 2018 – uh, I recall that they moved up uh, and gave up a future first to take Marcus Davenport from uh, Texas San Antonio at Edge. And that was kind of a head-scratcher just because of what they had to give up. A lot of I think a lot of people thought they were going to get Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. uh, just because of his athletic ability pairing with Sean Payton. Uh, they didn't do it. So I don't think it would be uh, quite a shock for them uh, to give up a lot to not take a quarterback. But when you already have a first-round pick and you consider the fact that they are now ahead of the Steelers, they already were, but now to have two picks ahead of a Pittsburgh team that might need a quarterback, I think they're going to take a guy like Pickett. Um, I don't think they're sold on Jameis, obviously because uh, uh, he had to battle for the starting position last year. They didn't resign him until after they lost out on Sean Watson, and I think he's more so of an insurance policy at this point and certainly not their long-term bet. So I think to get Pickett... To hope maybe this year he plays, but um, yeah. to also long term, I think you have a guy that mm-hmm. uh, would be their franchise quarterback.
0: Yeah, it's good. Uh, then you have the other one. You have Matt Corral going to the Steelers. Um, you think Matt Corral? I've seen some people, and in my opinion, I think it's possible. Is Desmond Ritter maybe going there? So what do you why do you why do you think Corral over Ritter here? Yeah, at number number uh, twenty.
1: I, I think I go. I think when I look at Pittsburgh, uh, I I mean I, I think Desmond Ritter definitely has. Um, he might end up being the third best quarterback or better from this draft uh, in retrospect, but from what I've seen uh, and just following some of the Steelers draft talk, uh, is that they spent a lot of time with Matt Corral. Uh, I think they they sent their like entire coaching staff and front office to his pro day, uh, and and spent a lot of they took him out to dinner afterwards. So uh, not that that's everything, but historically the Steelers do tend to telegraph. Uh, their moves and their interests. It's not really a smoke screen mm-hmm. And they've spent, more, they've spent time with other quarterbacks, too, but I think less so with Desmond Ritter. So I think Ritter will be good, um, but it seems, and I think part of it, too, you're coming off of Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ritter is definitely more of an athletic. Yes, he's throws from the pocket primarily, but he's definitely, I think, more of a scrambling type. Uh, and I don't think that seems to fit the offense that they want to run. Having drafted Najee Harris, I think they definitely want to be more of a... Um, Pound it in the line as opposed to a uh, run. Have an
0: offense that's kind of centered around a mobile running back. I could see that. Yeah, I I also think I think if Pickett is still there, I think they're going to take Kenny. Yeah. Um, Especially with being from Pitt hometown guy, like I could see that. I don't think they'd trade up for him, but I think if he's still available, I think they'd go Kenny Pickett Yeah. Um, question that I had for you, something that I've been thinking about. Um, we might be. I mean, first. No, maybe not the first time in a long time. I don't remember if it happened last year. But, I mean, a position that is nowhere in this first round in your mock or in many mocks is running back. you think there's any chance Brees Hall uh, or maybe even um, the Michigan State guy, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, Uh you think any chance either of them slips into the first? Or I don't think Walker will.
1: Uh, I think his Heisman campaign that was happening the first half of the season got shut down. Uh, in that second half because I think it was pretty evident that um, he had some issues with being consistent running the ball all over the field as opposed to um, just being one-dimensional in terms of either between the tacklers on the outside and I think the Ohio State game was a pretty big sign of that because they they absolutely shut him down (laughs) Uh, and so I don't think he'll slide up I think maybe Bruce Hall does uh, just because he has been consistently incredible over the course of his career at Iowa State but I think the teams that would be able to afford taking a running back here are the Bucks, who I think have a bigger need at guard, which is why I had them taking Zion Johnson. Mm-hmm. They lost two guards, one to retirement, one to free agency. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, you know. The Bills, maybe? The, the Bills could. You got Zach Moss. You have Devin Singletary. It's a possibility, but I think... The, for for Buffalo, they've clearly identified that they are not a a run first team, mm-hmm. uh, and they've shown that by investing in Dawson Knox, investing in Stephon Diggs, now having Gabriel Davis. Yeah, uh, and I think that defense more so, and we've seen it like they kept up with the Chiefs, uh, and I think what it came down to is they couldn't get a stop, uh, and so true. Uh, I think true. I think defense is probably going to be a bigger need there. So I think Breesault is a first round talent. But I think with the way the league's trending, I do yeah. think running backs are valuable. But I don't think a team is going to want to take him in the first round. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. It's it's a shame because I think I mean whoever gets him, I mean he he is a great first round talent. And I think, but we're seeing that a lot. I mean, trying to think about Jonathan Taylor, I mean Jonathan Taylor is right now might be the best running back in the league, uh, if not the best, one of the top five. I mean. Um, he had an insane season last year, and I mean, he was a second-rounder, you know, and not to say that second-round picks are, aren't great, but I think because he was a running back, um, it just, it's saying because the league we're in, uh, they're devalued, but I think sometimes we forget, I mean, is, as there are some positions that are more valuable when it comes to the draft, but I mean, Jonathan Taylor changes the game. Derrick Henry changes the game. Both guys take it layers. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, all top five running backs taken not in the first round. Um, so I think it's okay to wait a second round, but this is a shame that, um, I mean, the running back position is important. So I, uh, whoever gets him, I think we'll be getting a big talent uh, for a good price. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that is uh, our analysis of the first round. Uh, thank you for tuning in to uh, co- Red Zone Coffee Talk. Uh, next week uh, we'll be still talking about the draft because we'll be right before the draft and we'll probably be talking about uh, maybe some later rounds um, talking about okay what are some prospects that we like um, that we could see what's going to happen with Sam Howell I mean the guy who was talked about being the top quarterback and seemingly isn't talked about too much right now but uh, what's gonna happen with Sam Howell uh, and stuff like that? So yeah, tune in next week. Uh, we'll be talking about that, and then tune in two weeks after the draft to see uh, see how close we were. So uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll have more coffee next week, and uh, have a great day.